Greetings, this is David Hicks. Thank you for tuning into this video slash podcast, a podcast so new, I don't even know what I'm going to name it yet. Uh, maybe the I'm Hicks cited podcast. I don't know, but my friend may have something else to say about that. Uh, for the very first episode, uh, I do have uh, with us David Tank Johnson, my, my childhood friend. We grew up together in the small town of Rockwood, Tennessee, where there is indeed a rock and a piece of wood, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So... We, uh, we, we love that town. We love growing up together. We played basketball together in high school, went to the same high school. It was always funny to us. People would ask us, what high school do you go to? And it was always Rockwood <laughs> High School. <laughs> there wasn't any other options. All right. So David is, is very unique. Uh, he's in, he is someone unlike anyone else you will meet, I'm sure, because he has survived 14 strokes, 14 yeah. strokes. And he today is is here to try and get out the message about the importance of taking our, care of ourselves. So, David, first thing I wanted to ask you is just get, well, first, just give a general background about yourself, whatever you want to say about you, about yourself. Then we'll get uh, deeper into your story. Well, first off, let me tell you about. Let me start by saying I have a lot of friends, so-called friends, through life. I have uh, from high school, from uh, my uh, quick running into college from my job in the newspaper, radio, and you know, local television. But when this happened, the 14 jokes, there was one person, one of my friends that reached out to me. It was you, David. And I want to thank you for it. And uh, I just want to say that. But uh, now, what did you ask me? <laughs> Yeah, I'll just give a, well, first, you're welcome, and, and that was definitely, to me, a, a promise of God that, that you, he brought us back into our life, uh, b- brought us back together again. Uh, but just what's your general background? What would you want to say about yourself going going into, uh, well, your childhood, your growing up? Well, David, it's really a, a, an odd, sad story, if you did be sad, and uh I was uh, given away for adoption when I was three. My mother gave me away to a friend who adopted me, and that was fine. Uh, looking back, it was, I was glad it happened, but it caused problems for me uh, because it was not adoption. It was one where they knew each other, so I still spent time with that family, my real family. and. Uh, I don't know, it was holidays, I would spend time with them. Anyway, it caused for a mixed up childhood and young adults. But anyway, uh, I, uh, I have been very fortunate. I've made some good friends. I've had some very interesting jobs that have, uh, made me do things in a field that uh, I've loved my whole life, the sports. I was a sports writer starting off uh, when I was 21, 22, and uh, I did that for 10, 12 years. And then I got into the uh, sports broadcasting, radio, television, and I really have enjoyed that. And I did that for many years until uh, in my 40s, mid 40s, I got into apartment management. And, uh, anyway, yeah, enough about that. Uh, 
Well, I, what? Uh, well, what I was going to say is, so tell us about, okay, your, your general health growing up. Yet at some point you discovered you were diabetic. How did that come about? I discovered I was diabetic. I had this because I, I wouldn't do it on my own. I, uh, I, uh, I had problems with my feet, uh, numb sensation, and I had a sore on there. And I ignored it. I did not go get checked. I said, and despite my wife and others saying, you really need to get checked out. You might be diabetic. No, no, I'm strong. I, I, I'm not diabetic. That's silly. Well, I lost those three toes. <laughs> and that's why I found out I was diabetic. So that was it. So you were getting warnings. You were yep. getting encouragement, but uh, pride got in the way, I guess. Yeah, pride say. got in the way, and uh, you know, I would have uh, definitely saved three toes if I had not been so foolhardy. Now, were you, you've also told me that you uh, were a smoker. Were you smoking at that time, and, and how did that get started? Yeah. Marriage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you better not say too much about that. <laughs> well, I did say it twice, David. Yeah. First, short marriage is when I started smoking. Okay. And I was a heavy smoker. I didn't smoke none during high school. In fact, I was the kind of guy who uh, was disgusted by it. Hey, you smoke what? That's disgusting. But uh, I was disgusting. Uh, and uh, I was a heavy smoker. I started smoking, and uh, and when I found out I was diabetic, I did not do what I was supposed to. I started taking insulin all the time like I was supposed to, and falling to diet and things like that. Well, that that was going to be one of my questions: is that um, you find out you're diabetic? Yeah. What lifestyle changes did you make, or did you just go even harder into reckless diet, smoking? Well, I don't know if I went harder, David, but I did not slow down. Yeah. You know, I, I stayed about status quo and still denying my head and saying, no, that's not what happened to me. It's okay. Well, I found that uh, God. Uh, Gave me a wake up call. He could be gentler about it, but he <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a he gave me a wake up call. Okay, and I and I imagine by that. Well, first before we get into that, give me an example of something you were doing as a diabetic that a diabetic should never do. Smoking. Uh, smoking. All right. Well, what about things you were eating, drinking? I was drinking my Mountain Dews, which uh, is okay if you you know. It was not okay, period. But I was drinking three or four a day, and uh, that's just uh, not good, you know, with the uh, high sugar. In fact, you can't drink as a diabetic. You cannot drink any drink that has any color in You can drink Sprite, Diet Sprite, things of that nature, but even diet drinks are not good for you. And uh, especially with color, anything with color. And uh, I don't know why, but uh, that's right. It's about the best thing I can have. That's what they gave me 
in my months in the hospital. You know? All right. So you said you were a heavy smoker. Give me an, uh, an example of how much you were smoking a day. What was typical? Two packs. Two packs. Okay. Two packs. Now, when did the first way you probably don't know is there's 20 cigarettes in a pack. So it's 40 cigarettes a day. It, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's insane. All right. Now, what about just your your body weight? Yeah, that was something that was terrible. I was a, uh, I was always a big guy, you know. You know yeah. In high school, I was two fifty, two sixty. We nicknamed you Tank for a reason. Yeah, it's not because I was little. It's not one of those opposite nicknames. Like uh, my uncle was uh, as big as me, and his nickname was Tiny. Now, that's not to be. My nickname was Tank because I was bigger than Tank. But anyway, uh, I got up. I got up to about three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. Wow. And uh, well, actually, to be honest with you, I got up close to four hundred when I was in the uh, when I first when they first take me into the stroke rehab center. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm. Uh, I'm down now to 270. And, okay. Uh, I'm still working on it. It's, it's yeah. bad. But uh, uh, thanks to my wife and uh, some help along the way, I'm, uh, I'm doing much better. And, uh, you know, the uh, 14 strokes, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's uh, optimized. That's, uh, that, that's, yeah, that's up there. Okay, so tell us about the, the very first stroke. How old were you? When did it happen? How bad was it? I was at work as an apartment manager, and uh, it was just one. I just had one, and uh, I had a bit, and uh, I went to, uh, you know, I was okay. I could still walk. I could still uh, talk and everything. Uh, okay. Was, so it was it was kind of minor? Yeah, it was just a minor stroke. That's how I really had things. Which uh, a minor stroke is nothing to sneeze at. After that, I uh, I even went back to work, and then I had a rash of thirteen strokes in two batches. I had seven and then um, six. <laughs> wow! So you yeah. had so after that first stroke, did you? I mean, were people saying, hey, you need to fix your diet, you need to quit smoking? What, what were you being told after that first stroke? I was told that, exactly. Hey, you need to straighten up, you need to quit that smoking, and you need to uh, lose some weight and all that. And like, yeah, that's all he's got for me, is that one stroke, I'm fine, it didn't bother nothing. Uh, so again, we, we the theme of pride is coming up yeah. in, in this. Thank you, stripped to my pride, baby. I was like, man, I handled that fine. I mean, I was, I was normal. Everything, everything was fine. Gotcha. So, uh, whoever, well, I, I don't want after that, I guess they said, well, okay, that wasn't enough of a, a wake up call for me. This really hit him. <laughs> and yeah. they gave me the 13. So, you know. That, that did the trick. I uh, was a year at the rehab center. I, uh, 
I cannot walk now. I have trouble with speech. It's uh, it's something else. And you were at points much lower than what you are now. I mean, tell tell me how bad it. I can tell. I can tell my own version of how bad it was. But you tell me to, how bad did your health get during this series of strokes that you had? By the way, when it happened, the big rash of strokes, I was dead. I mean, I had died on the table twice, and they they revived me. Um, I guess that's the lowest my health got. But so uh, you flatlined twice. Oh yeah, yeah twice I flatlined. Uh, and uh, my one thing you drove up to Rockwood, no offense to Rockwood, and plus uh, my medical sense wasn't that strong. I thought. A stroke was left side weakness or death. I did not know all the mental stuff happened. And it really affected my brain to the point where you would not believe some dreams I had, Dave. I mean, in fact, during most of the dreams, I thought I was dead. Then there was some kind of afterlife talking to me because of my father, who died several years ago, was in him. And uh, there were some other things that went took place in him. But uh, I even played some basketball. Me, we were in high school back there, you know, playing some basketball still. So, anyway, some weird stuff. Uh, well, now, one thing you told me is that in all this, and in, in, in you heard at some point you heard God. That's right, I did. I was uh, doing something in the dream or whatever it was, and I was uh, in the grassy field uh, by a lake, and uh, I was just laying there on my back, and uh, I heard a voice, and it was a very deep voice, a very calm voice. It said, "Listen, David, I'm not through with you, not yet." I'll let you know. And that was it. And, uh, yeah, you know, David, I'm not a very religious person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not the kind of person that's hurting by you, anything bad, but I have not been a religious person. And, uh, but, you know, when you face it firsthand, you, you change perspectives. And, uh, I don't know who that voice was, uh, but who could it have been? I mean, you know, to say something like that to me, you know, and uh, I can understand if it was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I can understand it, but that is the only conclusion that I could come to. It was a very calm, a very commanding voice. They said, David, we're not done with you. I'm not done with you. I will let you know carry on and that's it and uh, so that's so like where, you, that's like a new date <laughs> so where where would you describe your faith now well you I'm still, faith? i am i am learning and uh i'm sorry uh, i'm in the learning process i uh they like I consider myself a pretty smart guy. And um, 
not like you, not book smart and all that, but I think I have a, a pretty natural intelligence about me. And like I said, I couldn't tell you any formulas or anything like that, but uh, you know, other sports. And, uh, and uh, I had a weird way about me. I, uh, anyway, I, I'm just doing a lot of reading, a lot of internet searching, and uh, taking things slowly trying to learn about God. And that's what I mean. So you're seeking. You're, you're learning. You're growing. Oh, yeah, I am. That's good. That's and, and, I, and I've got a good background, baby. You know, you and uh, my grandfather was a preacher. And, uh, and I've got a, a little bit of a base there. You know, there's a, I mean, I know about God. And I know about some aspects of the Bible. So I'm not going into it blind, but I'm going into it with my eyes more open. That's good. All right, so you, you're married a second time. Yep. Uh, Melanie's her name. Yep. And your son, Noah, talk about how all this affected them. Well, gosh, I can just imagine. I mean, first off, Melanie, I mean, she's a trooper. I mean, uh, she has seen and had to do things that uh, uh, there's a lot of women out there who would not have stayed with me doing this. And uh, she's been uh, very strong. She's been my rock. And uh, my son has been super... Uh, He's, uh, and I've missed, that's what really bothers me, is I've missed the important years of his life. You know how it is, the early teen years and those high school years. I think a kid needs a parent, a, a role model that can kind of help him through that. I mean, he's got friends and all that, and, uh, but I think I think I missed some really big aspects of this life, and uh, I'm really proud of him. He's uh, he's done well. Well, he definitely always seemed to uh, to be a very nice uh, young man. Yeah. When when I was around him, and and of course, as you said, yeah, Melanie is definitely yeah. definitely an impressive trooper. That that is for absolute sure. All right, so your message. Well, what's the message you're getting out? What do what are you what are you wanting people to learn from your story? Well, it's not a a new message or anything like that. It's one that you, everyone's probably heard before. But uh, time is not unlimited. You do not have an abundance of it, and. Uh, if you're like me and you just guide through life and there's some things you want to do but you're not doing, uh, you're not living a certain way, you're not doing, seeking things that you want to see, do it. Don't, don't think, well, I can wait till I get my 60s and get religious and be saved. 
Now, you have to, you need to learn as soon as you can and, uh, and do the right thing. I mean, you know, I always saw religion as a, uh, something that tied you down. Religion free, it don't tie you down. It, uh, it don't make you change your life. It makes you better your life. It, it don't make you, uh, you know, no, I don't want to go sit in the church on Sunday. Oh, no. Or oh, three hours during a week is, is going to be that bad? No, it's going to be great. It's going to be enlightening. It's going to help you not be like me. And that's spiritually devoid. And, uh, and really, you, uh, it's, it's uh, I'm not good at words, but, uh, you need to balance your life. And it's something that uh, it should be uh, top one or two priorities. And what it should be is not an addition to your life, but it should be something that encompasses all aspects of it. Your family, your work, religion is all of it, part of it. And it's not an addition or, or it's uh, something on the side. It's everything, and uh, that's what I want my religion to be. I want to, every aspect of my life, I want, I'm not saying I want to go in and preach <laughs> and all that and say, by the way, you know, we're even suffer, but uh, what's your views on, you know, Jesus? I mean, I don't want that, but I want to know that my relationship with Jesus is one that I can be comfortable in and, uh, and rely on. And because uh, he saved me. I mean, him and my wife and others, they, they, they have kept me here. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that's powerful. Um, it, are you hoping to be able to? be a kind of public speaker or just make appearances or just talk to people? Well, that is, uh, that's probably the ego in me, Dave. But yeah. uh, I am uh, always spoke to people and I've been in professions where I've been in the limelight in front of the camera <laughs> or whatever. And I just want to help people. And if I can help people, I want to speak to groups. I want to speak to schools. Whatever God wants me to do, I want to do. Do you, do you have a Twitter handle or uh, or just the email? Well, I do have one. It's a tank strong, all one word, 69. By the way, the 69 is the year I was born. <laughs> gotcha. Tank strong 69 at gmail.com okay so if someone sees this and they want to reach out to you yeah. tankstrong69 at gmail.com that's right awesome all yeah, right I'm, man. Also, I'm also on facebook but dave <laughs> i don't know how to get to me on facebook uh, I yeah know. i don't even know how to tell people to get to me on facebook there's 200 million david hicks yeah, so. all right 
Well, man, I think this is David Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Mills or there's 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 more than one. All right. Well, I think it's been a great conversation. I think this is a great place to 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 bring this video and and hopefully podcast here to an end. And really enjoyed it. And if it's uh, you know if, if I come and it's all messed up and something, we we may do it again. But anyway, and Dave, uh, by the way, by the way, Dave, uh, give your email address if somebody's got questions or anything they can email sure. you or me. Sure. You know. uh, Absolutely. Good point. Mine is david.hicks12 at gmail.com as well. david.hicks12 at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing today, David. That's very powerful. Loved it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. All right. We'll stop this video here. Have a great day. Bye.